building an indie business in the center of venture capital. I am Alex Edmonds, also known as Supreme Ram Ham on the internet, and this is the Building an Indie Business podcast. Okay, so today we will be discussing fractional art. So I'm going to be talking about what fractional art is, how to make money from fractional art, how to value art, expenses in art, problems, uh, revenue ideas, my opinion, and revenue reducers, as always. Okay, so let's get into it. What is fractional art? Fractional art is a segment of the art market. So the art market is buying a $10 million piece of art, and then you hold it and you flip it later. So fractional art is buying that $10 million piece of art. Well, like like a, a company buying that $10 million piece of art, and then they sell shares of that art to the general public. So someone can buy $100 worth of a Banksy, right? So um, how do... Those consumers make money from the fractional art? Well, there's two ways. They can make money through the secondary market, which is when, which is a second market for the art. So you buy the art shares, you hold them, and then maybe you want to sell it. So you buy the fractional art for $20 a share, and maybe. Six months later, you want to sell it for $22. Well, on the platform that you buy it from, they might have a secondary market with uh, other consumers that want to buy that that Banksy for $22 a share, right? So there's that. And then sometimes the art gets sold to maybe a private buyer or another platform, and when the piece of art gets sold at that at that new price, yeah, the consumers make money on that sale. So let's say it gets sold for twenty-five or thirty dollars a share. Then the consumers get that that revenue back, right? Okay. So how do you value art? I found this really interesting because like Okay, Banksy has pieces that are $4 million, $5 million, $10 million. So how do you determine the value of Banksy's art, right? So one one factor in the value of a piece of art is the artist's previous sales. So let's say Banksy, in, in 2021, Banksy has sold... Two pieces of art, two pieces of art. Sorry, for four and five million dollars, and now he has a third piece on the market, right? So that might sell for four to six million dollars because that's Banksy's market price, right? And then another thing, uh, which factors into the um the value of the art is. Maybe the artist is in the news, right? So maybe he's in 
the Bay Area and he's spray painting walls and people are hearing about it. Maybe that's it, that that 2021 piece uh, that's going for $6 million, maybe it goes for 7 or $8 million because um, people in the art market are interested in his stuff and they're hearing about him constantly. And, you know, he's in the news, right? So that's another way to value a piece of art or another factor in the value of a piece of art, right? Okay, and then there's condition. So, you know, some art pieces... They're 100 years old, right? So at some paint or some mediums, they might they might deteriorate over time. But if a piece of art is deteriorated, it's all brown when it's supposed to be yellow, that, that devalues the art. So if it's well-conditioned, it's in perfect condition, that means the art has more value, right? And then there's authenticity. It's very common to, you know, make a copy of a piece of art, right? So sometimes a buyer might not buy a piece of art that's real. It's not by the artist, right? So I can paint I can paint Andy Warhol's uh soup can Campbell's soup can, right? And I can make it perfectly. An exact carbon copy of his 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 original, right? But that doesn't get value because it's not a Warhol original. It's a Supreme Rum Ham original, right? So but someone might buy my Supreme Rum Ham original because they think it's a Warhol original. And you know, if it's not authentic then they're paying $4 million for something that's maybe worth $500. <laughs> I don't know. I'm giving myself a lot of credit there. But yeah, if they find out that the Warhol original that they thought they bought is a Supreme Rum Ham original, that devalues that piece of art that they bought for $4 million, right? And then maybe... Maybe Warhol, he secretly, you know, created three or four copies of that Campbell soup can, but he never showed them to anyone, but they're in like a basement somewhere. So if there are more copies of that Campbell soup can, that devalues the the original one because what gives art value is that it's one of one by this one artist, right? So if that one of one becomes one of four, that makes it less valuable, right? Okay, so then expenses. So when you sell something on the second dairy market, uh, there are fees for that. So you have to pay those fees, right? And then um, they call it an IPO when they offer a, a new piece of art to the general public, right? So they're just like a direct listing or an IPO on the public market or on like the NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange. 
um, their expenses for underwriting this IPO, right? Okay, and then this next one, I'm gonna have to read to you word for word because I didn't get a chance to break it down. So let me read this expense. The offering size equals the sum of the estimated purchase price and the, the platform's anticipated paint or anticipated paying for the painting, let's say nine million dollars, plus approximately eleven percent of such amount, approximately ten percent of the maximum aggregated offering amount, or nine hundred ninety thousand dollars as an upfront payment or true up payment to the platform which compensates and reimburses the segregated portfolio of the platform that will acquire the painting for general operating costs, offering costs, sourcing, uh, and purchase pricing and costs. That is not grammatically correct. Um, I didn't write it though. Um, import taxes, if any, and interest and commitment to the purchase the painting. Okay. So what that means is the consumers have to pay the platform for all the work that they're doing, for buying the original painting, then offering it, the operating cost of the painting, so, you know, keeping it in storage, making sure that the value, the condition does not deteriorate, um then they sell the painting so they take a cut of that fee then they have to transfer it so all of that uh, for this nine million dollar painting they charge nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars for that so yeah and that that number gets worked into the price of the offering right okay so problems right so I got some problems with these people and I you're gonna hear about it okay so limited supply right so as a consumer on one of these platforms I'm only able to purchase the options that are on the website right I can't make a request so they have a Warhol they have Banksy they have Basquiat they have a herring but let's say I want I don't know another artist um, let's say I want a Supreme Rum ham. I want a Supreme Rum ham. I want to buy $500 worth of a Supreme Rum ham painting, right? I can only buy what they're offering, right? So I, I can't buy that. So that's one issue. And then there's knowing the true value of a piece of art. So the piece of art that I took that piece from is 900, $9 million. That's the value of that painting, plus the fees, right? So I have to believe that at the time of the offering, that painting is worth more than $9.9 .9 million, right? But how do I know that? How do I know that there's someone else out there that will value this painting at $10 million, right? I don't. I just have to hope that they do, right? And then I read all these documents, dude. I read every one of these documents that this platform offered. And 
they have different types of shares. They have A shares and they have B shares. Um, it's like like a stock, right? You have voting shares and you have non-voting shares. They they sell you A shares, which are non-voting shares. So I have no say in what happens to the painting. Let's say someone wants to purchase the painting after six months for $11 million. And let's say $11 million is not a price that I want. I want it to go a little higher or I want to keep my shares. I want them to sell the painting for $11 million. Sell all the $11 million shares except mine. Let me keep my shares, right? I can't do that. They, they just sell the painting and they give me back the money plus the interest, right? So that's one thing that uh, I, that's a problem I had, right? Okay. Um, and then there's a minimum and maximum of shares that I could buy for the painting. So the minimum was, I believe, $500 worth of shares. And that was, uh, so $500 uh, at $20 a share. That was 25 shares minimum, right? And then, uh I can only buy $10,000 worth of shares. So $10,000 divided by 20, 500 shares. So 50 and 500. Those are the min and max. And if I wanted more, uh, I if I wanted less, I couldn't. Or no, I could on the secondary market. So if I wanted to buy $200 worth of a painting, I had to wait three months for the painting to be offered on the secondary market for $20, right? hoping someone wanted to get rid of their shares for $20. And then if I wanted to buy $10,000 worth of a painting, I couldn't, right? So there's that. Okay, and then the platform does not take suggestions for paintings to purchase. So like I said, there's Warhol, there's Banksy, there's Basquiat, but maybe I want a Supreme Rum hand painting. Um, I can't suggest that to them. I have to, I mean, I could, I could email support, but who knows if support is going to pass that message along. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying over here? Okay. Um, okay. So another problem I had was that the, so let's say I buy a Banksy on the secondary market, I buy shares of a Banksy on the secondary market at $23. And the the painting is currently at $21 a share, right? So I, I bought it above market price thinking that maybe it'll be worth, uh, what did I say, 23? So let's say I think it's going to be worth 25 at one point or 30 even. Um, I don't know if the market price will ever reach $23 even. It might stay between 21 and 22 and then the painting gets sold off, right? So there's a little distance, there's a little gap where I am unsure if I can ever make that money back, right? So that's all the issues that I have. So revenue ideas. Okay, 
So, I'm all about revenue, as you know, and I like to invest in things where I get a monthly income. So I thought of some ideas for that. The first idea I had was a service to lend out these paintings for events. So, some people have events like parties or galleries, and maybe they want paintings to have their guests look at them. Well, these platforms could maybe lend these these events, their, the paintings, for a fee, and then the owners of the paintings can share in the revenue of that cost, right? So that's one idea. And then another idea I had was to... Someone could start a service, kind of like revenue research, but for up-and-coming artists. So I don't know too much about art except for very common artists like Banksy, Warhol, the other one, what is Oh, Basquiat. Um, but I don't know any up-and-coming artists. Maybe there's an artist that's selling their paintings right now for $500 and people think he's going to be the next Basquiat. Well, I wouldn't mind buying one of his arts or pieces of art, right? Maybe someone can write reports on new artists and I would buy them and read them and maybe buy that new artist's art, right? Okay. And then another idea I had was an art ETF. So in the stock market, there's something called an ETF where it's by sector where a company buys up shares of let's say data centers right so there's equinox there's um digital realty there's others that i can't think of right now and they buy shares of let's say they buy 10 shares of equinox they buy 15 shares of digital realty and then they average those out and then they sell shares of their shares they sell pieces of their shares to other people and it all gets averaged out right so i thought someone can do that for art they can buy a bunch of banksies they can buy a bunch of basquiats they can buy a bunch of warhols and then they average them out and they sell shares of you know that that artist to people. Uh, something I thought was cool. And then another, the final idea I had was uh, a virtual museum where they they show all the Banksy's and Warhol's on the platform and people pay to, you know, get some information about them, get a digital tour, and then the owners of the painting get a cut of the revenue. There's like a revenue share agreement, right? Okay, so my opinion. So before fractional art, um, art was reserved, art was reserved for the ultra rich, right? Because, you know, that $9 million painting that I was looking at, who can afford that, right? Only so many people can afford a $9 million painting and then insure it and 
store it properly so that it'll be worth more in the future, right? Fractional art breaks down the barriers because I can't afford a $3 million painting, but I can afford $200, $500 of a painting, right? And then I'm going to hold it for months, years, and then sell it for more. So that gives me an opportunity to invest in art, which I wouldn't have without fractional art. Yeah, okay. So um, there's also one issue. It's like, how do I know that this is the real Banksy? This is the real Basquiat? Um, and it's not forged. How do I know it's not a Supreme Rum Ham Banksy, right? So, um, that, that's an interesting idea. Um, someone can authenticate art, I guess, or start a service to authenticate the art. And then, I don't know, charge, charge the, uh, the platform, right? But that would charge consumers too at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. So another thing, it's like what I'm, what I, what I was missing from the entire fractional art experience is generating revenue, right? Because I can, I can buy the shares at the offering and then I can sell them on the secondary market, but that's a one-time payment. Um, I don't care about one-time payments, to be honest. I want income. I want monthly income from the things I invest in. So that was one problem I had, right? And then one, uh, the final thing I'm going to say about uh, my opinion about fractional art is it's an alternative asset that can't get manipulated by one moron on Twitter, unlike the stock market or the cryptocurrency market. So that's where I'm a big fan of it, right? And then the price doesn't move very often. The art gets appraised every quarter or every quarter and then every six months, depending on uh, the the lifetime of the art cycle for this purchase cycle, right? Does that make sense? Let, let me rephrase that. So it gets appraised um, after six months and then every quarter after those six months. That makes more sense, right? So... Um, that 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 offering price of twenty dollars is gonna last for six months, so that there's no movement, right? So that's another great thing, right? Okay, and then finally, revenue reducers, <sighs> transaction fees. Um, it this is on the internet, so there's always gonna be a transaction fee. You're not gonna avoid that. I always talk about transaction fees. I'm actually tired of talking about transaction fees. And then there's commission for the sale. So um, that painting sells for $11 million. And then the platform might take um, like a, let's say a 5% fee for that sale. That's money that you uh, can't share in, right? Okay. That's all I have for this episode. Thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Bye.